Hello and welcome to the New Digital Age Practice Makes Unperfect podcast. I'm Tyron Stewart, the Editor and Content Manager at New Digital Age. These podcasts are a series of short interviews with some of the amazing women that have taken part in the Practice Makes Unperfect program, a course in association with Amy Keane that helps women find and finesse their public voices. So today I'm joined by Laura. Uh, welcome, Laura. I'll let you introduce Hi. yourself. Hi. Cool. So hi, I'm Laura. I'm a campaign manager at A Million Ads. Um, I've been at A Million Ads for about nine months now. And what A Million Ads is, it's an ad tech company that uses data and creativity to create ads that are dynamic and personalized. And the ads that we create are more um, have more context and more relevance to better connect with listeners. So they're basically known as the personalization experts. Cool. Brilliant. All right. The topic we'll be discussing today uh, will be does the industry and companies have an obligation to be more accepting of gender-neutral makeup in the workplace? So on that question, mm-hmm. why is that important? Um, I think the reason that's important is um, there's two reasons behind that. So I think since working from home, we've had a huge shift in how we present ourselves in the workspace. So normally we have this kind of distinction between work and home self, and that's not no longer a thing since working from home, because that's all become one with our laptops being kind of in our house. And that's where we work. Um, and that's kind of actually changed how we also interact with each other. So we've kind of connect with each other on a much more deeper level um, because we've kind of seen into quite a vulnerable point of people's life within lockdown. And we've met each other's kids. We've met each other's dogs. We know what each other's doorbells sound like. like it's a very kind of odd situation. And from that, we have no more distinction between home and work self. We just have this one self. And now that we're going to start going back into the office, this is going to kind of continue. And we can already see this through trends with actually 28% of Britons want to ditch traditional dress codes and want to opt for a more integrated dress code within work between work and home. So we're already seeing this in the way we kind of dress. Um, So from that, I guess, if normally um, in your home life, you would be someone who would wear gender neutral makeup or you're a man that would wear makeup. um, I feel like we're going to see more trends of that in the workspace as a result of working from home. Um, and companies is prepared for that. Now, my second reason behind why um, more gender neutral makeup is going to be apparent within the workspace is actually the rise of the male beauty industry. So a lot of brands are actually showing both genders in their adverts and makeup. It started with Fenty Beauty, which is Rihanna's brand, where she had both male and female kind of models. She had, um, I think, ASAP Rocky and Little Nas. Um, so brands are also adhering to this too. And there's a lot more male makeup brands in the industry. So we've got the likes of Boy de Chanel, which is actually Chanel's um, own male makeup brand that was launched, I think, this year. And then you've also got Tom Ford launching their own uh, male makeup brand. You've got the likes of War Paint and Shake Up. Um, and actually, this industry is set to hit around 166 billion by 2022. So it's increasing by a huge amount. And then not only this, you've also got the uh, more gender neutral makeup. So um, uh, the likes of Jekka makeup, which is for people who are transitioning and fluid and meaner. So there's a lot more different brands within the industry. Um, so I think, and actually a lot more men are looking to wear makeup. So I think um, one third of young people actually say they would wear makeup and 30% of men aged 30 to 40 are actually open to the option of wearing makeup. So I think that's why companies need to kind of be prepared and more accepting of, of this gender neutral and also men wearing makeup in the workspace. Okay, so what is all makeup gender neutral? Like, realistically, anybody can wear any makeup. They're free to do that, you know? Yeah. 
Absolutely. I think anyone can wear makeup, but it's how it's branded, I guess, is the difference the for her and for him, which I think in this same age isn't as much of a thing anymore. Um, but I guess, yeah, if anyone can wear makeup, there's there's no stopping them. But I think social norms are maybe the area that's kind of preventing men and um, from going out and actually buying makeup as well. Do you think, so you mentioned some uh, male celebrities there. Do you think it's a case of these like celebrity culture being more open men men if you're on tv all men on tv wear makeup that's what you have to do you have to go into the makeup room before you appear on tv do you think it's a case of the entertainment industry and the males in the entertainment industry being more open about the fact that yeah we wear makeup I think that and I think the rise of the influencers that we're obviously in a generation where influencers have such an impact on our purchase intent and what we purchase and the rise of the male makeup influencers, the likes of Jane Charles, Bretman Rock, um, Jeffree Star. And they have all around like four to six million followers, which is a huge amount. So they have a huge following account. And actually 70% of teens trust um, influencers more than they do celebrities. And um, I think 40% of people who have purchased something online has been as a result of seeing it um, on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. So all these channels that they use. So I think it's not only celebrities, but it's definitely the male influencer industry that is kind of um, speargating that um, that increase in the male beauty industry and gender neutral makeup for definite. Okay, then extending that up a little bit, how, do, how does the industry and the companies within the industry become as accepting as the entertainment industry is when it comes to makeup? I think it definitely needs to be a conversation that's talked about more. Um, I think within, I know dress codes are a little bit more, um, people kind of wear what they want more in work, but I think there's never a defined thing of men can wear makeup. And I think that's something that companies maybe need to think about a bit more. Um, I was actually reading about a guy and he wore makeup to work and he'd worn it his kind of, I think most of his career and their management changed and they actually said you can't wear makeup to work and he said but there's no rule saying I can't wear makeup but they were telling him so I think there needs to be more defined um codes of conduct around makeup um I think that could be one way companies could could look to get more people wearing it and I also think um, just educating people more and the interesting thing about makeup it's kind of society's made it a very feminine construct so actually breaking down that element and and making it because I think gender roles in society now are kind of becoming less of a thing because of the Generation Zs, and they're a lot more gender neutral um, in their views. And they actually, 35% of Generation Zs know someone who is gender fluid compared to, I think, 25% of millennials and 16% of Generation Xs. So we can see this huge increase in the gender, people who are gender fluid and gender neutral, and that next generation of workers that are coming into play. So I think that's the other thing companies need to think about, who are the, who's going to be working for the next and what are they gonna, the social norms around those people going to be in today's society. I'm going to play a devil advocate a little bit here because mm-hmm. um, I, I do fully agree with you. Uh, I, yeah. So to, to, to like cover up like acne and stuff, I did actually used to like wear like concealer and stuff. Oh, um, no. So I'm very open to that. That will help. But playing devil advocate, would companies say that okay if we start letting everyone wear whatever makeup they like, mm-hmm. then eventually you know people are going to start coming in in you know tracksuits and pajamas. You know, so you mentioned that cross with the, that cross section between work home and work life and home life so do you think that will be something that companies used to push back against this kind of idea um I think because we've had lockdown and we've kind of 
you know, I think a lot of times someone will wear like a nice shirt and maybe trackies on the bottom. But I think we've also seen each other on a very different level. I don't think professionalism in terms of how you dress is as much of a thing. And I think wearing trackies to work is actually it's quite a stylish thing in, in like, you know, you can buy expensive tracky bottoms and wear them to nice dinners now. So I think actually style has completely changed in terms of what is work appropriate. Um, and actually um, there was a study and it, it found that, um, I think it was at Hertfordshire University and they looked into people wearing um, Superman tops and they found that actually when people wore Superman tops, they felt more, um, uh, they felt that people liked them more and they felt more stronger and, and powerful in who they were as a person. So actually what we wear can not only impact how people see us, but how we see ourselves. And I think that's something really that's really important that companies need to think about, that it's not actually about how you present yourself. It's how what I'm going to wear is going to make me be the best worker. Um, so I think that's maybe like the changing view that companies will have post lockdown now. It gives me an excuse that bit of research to wear my Batman onesie into the office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Based on your experiences, um, I'm not I'm not calling out any companies or anything like that. Um, mm. But have you seen examples of companies that aren't accepting of this, or based on the past eighteen months, do you think just in general people are going to become become more accepting? Mm. I think. To be honest, I think it's not as much a talked about topic. I think there's definitely conversations about men wearing dresses and there's actually a guy in Germany and he wears um, dresses and heels to work and no, that's an eyelid. But I don't think there's as much of a conversation around makeup. Um, and I think lockdown, post-lockdown is definitely going to push those conversations a bit more. I think also the changes of gender roles in society um, and kind of, how we're not adhering to the usual norms of what it means to be a manly man and actually men taking on more feminine ideals and combating these issues around toxic masculine culture. Um, and I think that's also something companies need to look into is could makeup almost help to alleviate more toxic, toxic masculinity within uh, companies and to bring femininity into masculine culture as well. All right, so what do you think that companies need to do? What first steps should they be taking to be more accepting? I think um, definitely having more conversations around makeup. Um, I think um, educating people that makeup isn't something that only girls can do. Um, one, and that would be kind of saying, so maybe for event space, having guys come in and, sh and show people how to do makeup. And because I think sometimes it's a case of men don't actually know how to do the makeup themselves. And obviously there's lots of tutorials online, but I think actually having some one-on-one -on -one experience and opening men up to that exposure could be one option. I think also some companies get like sample um, sales or sample um, products from cosmetic brands. So making sure that those, they aren't really just open to the girls in the office, they're open to the guys in the office too. Um, and I also think um, combating, combating toxic masculine culture within, within um, companies is really important as well. And kind of showing that men don't need to be fem uh, masculine, sorry, in order, that's the only way, only type of man they can be, that they can be more feminine and having more conversations around that and actually having codes of conduct around that a little bit more um, and call out culture. So maybe even educating people on calling, how to call out someone, because I think it's quite daunting going one-on-one -on -one with someone, you don't know if it's going to get heated. So also educating people on that. And I think by reducing toxic masculine culture, it will allow men to feel like they can wear makeup more in the office. Okay, if, say, a company said, 
said, I'm not going to say any any names of examples or anything yeah. like that. Um, if a company said, all right, we're not going to allow this, would because people talk about like you know wokeness and cancel culture and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Do you think that in this day and age, a company would only agree to this kind of thing out of fear of being cancelled? I think. Yeah, I think cancel culture is obviously a big thing, but actually um, the UK government say that men and women can actually be asked to dress differently. But um, if a standard is in place on one sex, it has to also actually be an equivalent standard on the other sex. So if they're telling women to actually wear makeup, it's actually within the government guidelines or government laws that men are actually open to wear makeup then too, which is quite an interesting thing because then can companies say you can wear makeup, you can't? Because is that not inherently sexism if we're saying only women can wear makeup? Um, And actually, uh, I think there was um, a a case with a policeman and he wanted to wear, I think they said, you can't wear your hair in a ponytail. And he wore his hair in a bun and they were like, you're not allowed to do that. And he said, but the women are wearing it. And he actually took them to court and won that case. So there is definitely government steps into into that, not just kind of the cancel culture people not wanting to work for that company um so there is actually also more of a legal side to it as well yeah i think it's, it's very similar to like the school uniform debate about yeah like, and it, I feel like, yeah i feel like we've moved past that we're not we're not at school we're not told um how long our skirt can be you know we've we've moved past that anxiety and i think companies aren't like that but i think there's just a bit more of give that they can definitely give into um how people dress and more openness into that for definite. All right. I could talk about this topic all day. This is a short podcast. Um, as, a, as a final question, where would you like things to head? You know, what would be the ideal with, if we were speak again in a year's time, mm-hmm. where would you like things to be in terms of that acceptance? I think definitely it just becoming a norm like it, it, it not being if some guy's wearing a makeup it being a big thing and you're kind of like whoa he's wearing makeup and it kind of almost being like if he is wearing makeup you think it looks good complimenting him not um mocking a guy for wearing makeup actually seeing it as quite a proud act and good for him on showing his more feminine side I hate to say feminine side because it shouldn't be a feminine thing but that's unfortunately what society has brought on what makeup is um but yeah, just more acceptance and and more people. It not kind of being such a shock when a guy wears makeup, but just being the norm, basically. Brilliant. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for your time. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah.